Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Greg Proops. Thank you very much. Ahoy, mateys. The smartest man in the world, Proopcast, once again takes to the ether here from the commodious Pharaoh Salon on the Freedom of the Seas, Class 5 Averdupois cruiser here, coursing through... Uh, the Caribbean Sea, in between St. Thomas and St. Martin, uh, two shopping spots of ledger domain and renown. <laughs> A lot of people were falsely led into believing that diamonds come from South Africa. They do not. They come from the Caribbean. <laughs> I saw it on the TV in my room. The salubrious Pharaoh's Lounge here in the Freedom of the Seas boat as we ply the... And let me tell you something. Uh, we've been broadcasting from all over the world here. Uh, this year we were in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, we were even in um, some civilized places like uh, uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, and whatnot. We'll be in London later in the year. I think this is the first seagoing podcast of all time. I'm just guessing on that one. Uh, yeah, thank you. So suck on that, Adam Carolla. Let's see you get on a fucking Queen Mary and take that shit around with those fucking weak-ass dick jokes. I'm joking, of course. I adore Adam, and I'm desperate to be back on his show because it has more listeners than mine. The Pharaoh's Lounge here at the boat, one of the many motifs the uh, Freedom of the Seas is working at. I discussed the name of the boat earlier on an earlier Proopcast. Uh, Freedom of the Seas to me means um, we repel all borders. And thank you. We maintain liberty on the goddamn ocean. Um, the one thing missing from the balcony in my room is small arms. Because if I see anyone getting near this boat, Freedom of the Seas will be maintained at all costs. And as you know, it is not free unless you go to the buffet. But you've already contained that in the cost. The, uh, there's so many themes here, as I say. This one is an Egyptian-themed room uh, because this ship was built over 7,000 years ago. It was originally made of papyrus and reeds and was put together with daubing by the noble people who lived next to the Nile while they wore bizarre hats and had henna hair and held hands inappropriately in a same-sex manner. When the floodwaters of the Nile rose on the moment that Hoth filled the heavens, uh, this, this, in, this salon was indeed born. Uh, you haven't been looking at the glyphs on the poles because you haven't the kind of bizarre interest as I have. Uh, but on the glyphs on the poles, in order to make this authentically Egyptian-esque, uh, there's onks and there's wavy lines and there's eyeballs and falcons. And then there's what appears to be an astronaut's wife from 1964. <laughs> there's a woman's head with a fucking... <laughs> I don't know if you remember Skipper, Barbie's friend, but it's her hairdo. Thank you, that was for four people. And Greg, why do you know who that is? Never mind about my youth. Uh, so under the watchful eye of Anubis, uh, who guards us and stands uh, all around this room, we once again launch the Proopcast uh, into the ether. Uh, being on a cruise ship is a singular experience. I'm here at the behest of Lewis Black, uh, formerly a satirist, uh, now a man who takes cruise ships around the Caribbean. <laughs> It was either this or the Glenn Beck, let's get fucking crazy on the ocean cruise. <laughs> that one just goes in ever-decreasing circles around the... <laughs> around the Bermuda Triangle, because that's where all the evidence is contained inside there. I was going to take the Michelle Bachmann historical cruise, where you, you go up the Erie Canal until you fight the Germans during the Civil War. It's an amazing... <laughs> seriously... It's an amazing cruise. Lewis asked me to join him on this cruise. Uh, uh, and because Lewis is a, a famous friend who's done a lot for me, I said yes. And, uh, I, and I adore him. And I get to be with Kathleen Madigan, who uh, uh, did a set recently that you proofcasting people out there in the ether won't have heard. Uh, but I will repeat something that I said earlier. With, uh, we're, we're staying in very lovely staterooms here. Yeah, we're on a ship, so it's going to be like that. Scuppers and sea dogs and scuppers and seagulls and whatnot and fucking douchebags with mullets wearing a backward baseball cap and the sunglasses in front of them fucking blowing smoke in my face in the bar on the 12th floor. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Dak. Uh, 
I have a very lovely stateroom. Uh, Kathleen is in steerage with the Irish people and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> we'll be letting her up later, uh, unless, the, uh, unless there's an emergency on the boat, in which case uh, they'll be chained. <laughs> this boat is an exciting vessel. It has over 450,000 passengers on it, and it's 750 miles long. It encompasses a great deal of the earth. A lot of people say the, the seven-tenths of the world is sea. Seven-tenths of the world is this fucking boat, as far as I can figure out. There's a theory that I heard before I got on the boat, having never been on a cruise before, and uh, my vaguely Semitic heritage prevents me from taking vessels too far unless it's across a river and Egyptians, just like in this room, are killed following me. Um, thank you. That would be the parting the Red Sea. I'll explain every goddamn reference to this room, shall I? Uh, we, <laughs> uh, the, uh, like I said, there's, there's so many uh, various uh, motifs here. There's a bar downstairs called Bolero, uh, I assume named after the, the symphony by Ravel. I'm not sure what a Bolero is. I, I only know that nobody's there and they play salsa music. So it's the one cool place on this entire fucking boat that I found. Uh, there's not a dude wearing Aloha shorts with a tattoo going, go on, put your bag on the thing, it moves when you go. Um, I've, I've enjoyed being on the, the vessel, uh, the Freedom of the Seas. Uh, like I say, I haven't been on too many ships, is it, before? Uh, there's, a bow, there's, a, uh, there's a television station on the, the boat that has various uh, programs emanating right here from on the vessel. We are our own little world. Um, there is a, a morning show where the, the cruise director uh, uh, has a pretend drink in front of him and, and talks in an indecipherable English accent. And uh, then there's another show that's my favorite show, uh, which is the front of the ship. I think it's called The Bow. Uh, there's just a camera that swings back and forth in a sick-making way. And uh, my wife and I were up there yesterday. I'm, I'm here with my wife uh, and a couple of girlfriends. And um, I'm joking, of course. Uh, although there's a lot of fucking cougars on this boat, and my cougars are 70, if you know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. I, be I belong to the Betty White school of cougaring at this point. My wife and I are up on the bow, and, you know, we're doing what everybody does. We, we got up in the very front where you're not supposed to go behind the safety thing, and we were going, I'm the king of the world and whatnot. And then, you know, I'm some light groping, and, and then sitting on the bench, and then I pretended to be dead on the helipad for a while and shit. And then this morning I turned on the TV and went, fuck, that was on camera, all of that. I, I actually have made my own small fucking cable show here. I, I'm hoping for a closed-circuit award for being the biggest douchebag this week who's pretended to be dead on the bow and groped his wife and said, did the king of the world joke that everybody's done since, this, since Titanic came out. By the way, a, a Titanic movie played the other day during, while we were, the first day on the boat, this is what I was going to say, there's a theory that this boat is so large that you don't feel the rocking of the motion of the sea. I heard this before I came on. I don't know how many of you bought this parcel of lies. Uh... It didn't say in the brochure, you'll never feel anything but a gently swaying motion that'll send your libido into paroxysms of desire and lead you into a pink and perfect purple blossoming fountain every moment of your life as you waddle down the halls trying not to bang into the walls like an episode of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea with Richard Hedison and David Basehart on my ass the whole The first night out on the uh, Caribbean, we left from, uh, I think it's called Florida. Uh, in Spanish, it means full of flowers. In real terms, it means full of people from Jersey, fucking Cubans who will pig stick you. Uh, women with insane breast jobs, gangsters, and fucking people waiting to shuffle off this mortal coil, spending their last few golden moments passing alligator farms. <laughs> We left from Florida, and then the sea took ugly. And all I could think of is as we were bouncing up and down, and my uh, chest was heaving, and I couldn't sleep, and I was rolling back and forth in my stateroom, making my wife feed me saltines like a seal. <laughs> as I barked on the bed, and she had to hurl them into my mouth, all I could think of was, the mate was a mighty sailing man. <laughs> 
And Lewis Black led them all out for a seven-fucking-day tour. Seven-fucking-day tour. Although I used to like Lewis, that shit has burned right out. I would go in the pool here, but they allow, I'm assuming, almost anyone on the boat to go in the pool. Which means I will be in a soup of previous pool users. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm fussy as fuck and I can't have that happen. I went to the library. There's a library on this boat. I don't know if you're aware of that. Sadly, you can't smoke a pipe in there, I found out. You'd think they'd let you smoke some weed. This is the Caribbean after all. The Caribbean's famous for two things. Uh, Bob Marley and... Um, okay, the Caribbean's famous for one thing. Bob Marley. You light a fucking pipe full of weed in there and they're all like, hey, hey, take that out on fucking deck number four with all the other cancer victims. Thank you. No one's been on deck four but that group in the back that's laughing. There was the bow cam and then they showed an incident on the Titanic on Turner Classic Movies two days ago. There is nothing while a boat is bouncing up and down to really lift your fucking spirits than a fictionalized story of a crime committed on the Titanic. As my wife said, not enough happened on the Titanic. <laughs> Let's throw in some more incident on the Titanic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was a long buffet line at Andersonville Prison during the Civil War, too. Uh, that hasn't gotten enough play over the years, in my opinion. Uh, the food here on the vessel is served in large, commodious, giant lumps and portions each day. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're, and it runs the gamut here. I don't know. There's a couple of fancy places. I suppose they're fancy. You don't actually pay uh, or, or you don't feel like you're paying because you're issued a card and the card is for everything. It's, it's actually like being in a 70s TV sci-fi movie is what it's like because you just give someone a card and then you never know how much you've uh, spent. And I know someone's going to go, yeah, you do. If you look on your TV every day, you can look at the total. I'm cool, so I don't do that. <laughs> I don't look on the TV for any information other than if there's going to be a movie about the Lusitania or the Andrea Doria coming up. <laughs> Or maybe the Raw Expeditions with Thor Heyerdahl is having an extra viewing this afternoon. Uh, the food runs from... Uh, many of you have eaten on the boat. I think we have no choice, really, since we've been trapped on it. The cuisine... How do I describe it? Je ne sais quoi. Uh, uh, there's a... Um, it's, it runs the gamut from Ruby Tuesdays in Bristol, Connecticut on a Sunday night ruled by blue laws to a Romanian mental hospital in Bucharest on a no-solid-food lockdown alert. <laughs> the other day, I asked... Uh, the catch of the day, it said, and I said, what's the catch of the day? And the guy went, catfish. And I'm like, we're in the fucking Caribbean. I don't know if there's like a pond on, a, on Nevis or whatever. I know that Cuba's famous for a few things, rolling cigars and... Uh, uh, um, communist dictators and whatnot, and awesome, awesome baseball players. I don't remember catfish being part of the deal on that one. When you say catch of the day, you mean catch of a day. A previous day that happened, like in the Mayan calendar, like the year 17 ruler or whatever. Uh, yeah, so I find that there's three states on this boat. Um, and also the way people dress on the boat. They're, they're, it actually says each day that you're given a newsletter on the vessel to let you know where you are and what the fuck's happening, uh, and which doesn't help at all. Um, it'll go like day three, and you think, is this a vacation or a fucking sentence? There's like hash marks on the wall of my room and shit. I've written a novel using blood made from my own... <laughs> Ink made from my own blood and toilet paper I've gathered from the hallway. Uh, and it, it, it'll say things like, uh, at sea. And then you look out the window and like, fuck, yeah. There is nothing but sea out there. 
Uh, people, it'll, it'll say on there, tonight, dining, dress, casual. I haven't noticed any difference in the way people have dressed on a casual, non-casual night. I haven't noticed anyone come in in like a silk hat and tails at any point. No one has danced in like fucking Fred Astaire into the uh, Windjammer buffet that I have noticed. But I'd like that if you did that tomorrow. If someone would rent a powder blue tux and have their mullet and their sunglasses on their baseball cap forwards. Uh, that would make it awesome. We have a, a captain on this vessel, I'm almost certain. Uh, sadly, it's not Gavin McLeod. And the bartenders do get fucked off when you call them Isaac. The captain comes on each morning and delivers the most oblique message that could possibly be given. Impenetrable, abstruse, opaque. There's really no way of knowing what's going on in the captain's mind. I think it's supposed to reassure us because the first night was much rocky and we also had to all file out on deck for an emergency run-through should this boat uh, sink or capsize, uh, the likelihood of which is fairly rare, I should think. We're not, after all, an Estonian ferry uh, <laughs> heading out on the Baltic for a run. We are cruising between ports made of diamonds. Uh, <laughs> So I doubt it will happen, but we did have to file out and do it because I guess it's maritime law. And uh, the, the captain was giving the announcement while we were all standing out there. And uh, he went, uh, this is the captain. And in the event of emergency, always remember. And then a boat nearby let loose with its whistle. So he went, always remember. <laughs> and should you forget that, the most important <laughs> Honestly, it was like a fucking Three Stooges movie at that point. I, like, I can't hear it! <laughs> Try up! The emergency announcement was hilarious. But the captain comes on every morning, and he came on tonight. We were in the uh, 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 Auslander Freedom Outland buffet thing <laughs> near Jade. And... Uh, Every morning when he comes on, it's my, it's my favorite part of the day. Was, uh, this, this morning was good. Uh, and, and he's oblique, like I say. He's Norwegian. Hello, this is Captain Thor. And then, bing bong. Hey, uh, groovy chickens, everybody. The dew is on the thorn. The snail is on the rose. And uh, the ocelot is running free across the prairie. Let's have a good time today in the Caribbean here, driving along on the boat thing. Uh, sorry about the weather last night. Of course, there's nothing I can do about it. I've appealed to Freya, the god of the heavens, and Woden. <laughs> but your time in Valhalla has not come yet, apparently. Not so much this time. Having a good fall. Well, hold on a second. I'm drunk. <laughs> I come from the land of the ice and snow in the midnight sun with the hot springs slow. We drive our ship to new lands. Uh, we are your overlords. Uh, I am descended from Eric the Red and Leif Erikson. I come from above the Arctic Circle in the country of Norway. So I have decided for the activities today, instead of just going aboard and shopping and relaxing, uh, we are going to attack St. Martin. <laughs> The last time I was here, I was tired of all the bullshit from the Dutch, and I think it's time we take back the fucking island. The light and air and heat of the Caribbean have put the whammy on my head and taken my icy Nordic things and made them into I'm an insane buccaneer now who only wants to ravish and loot and steal diamonds from Omni. Weapons will be issued on the attack deck. For everyone in a scooter and a wheelchair, you will call up from behind. You will be the supply train as we go through today. We have a movie theater on the boat. We enjoy you to have some good times watching the movies. Today's show is uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, this timeless tale of sexual punishment and rape revenge against a reclusive millionaire neo-Nazi who lives in a cabin in the woods is in 3D. 
followed by Kung Fu Panda 2. The buffet is open, but who's fucking zooming who? When we hit that shore, you're going to go to fucking Senior Frogs, if I know you. This is an announcement named directly at Kathleen Madigan. Stop smoking in your room. Take it out on the deck, Irish. The weather for today, as at the last four days of the cruise, this is fucking pointing. <laughs> the gods are angry at us, and they wish us to soak in the rain all the times. The weather forecast for St. Martin tomorrow, attack. I find that there's just several moods you have on this ship here, right? There one is the feeding frenzy mood. Because about 5.30, 6 o'clock, you go, fucking, I'm going down to Jade, and I'm going to lay waste on that fucking dish that looks like meat. <laughs> then there's the other mood where you go, I'll have another one. <laughs> You've already had, like, 70. <laughs> no, I'm going to have another one. I'll sober up and sit outside my thing. <laughs> then, I don't know how many of you have done this, but my favorite part of being on the vessel uh, is to sit, I uh, have a little uh, uh, balcony, porch, I don't know what you call it on a boat, a fucking uh, attack area that I sit on. <laughs> and the sea just goes by. And, it, it was in, and the last two days before we hit land, endless vast, trackless, blue, insane, surreal table of shifting grays and whites that just fucking rises up and down and carves a million scenes out of itself for two days, nothing. An island occasionally in the distance, once in a goddamn while, a bird. But from one side of the sky to the other, the giant fucking horizon and the white Caribbean sky coincides Lessing, coinciding, forming a giant fucking endless reminder that we are but a cork upon the comprehensive ocean that is the goddamn world. And all I could think of was, when does the fucking buffet open? I think there's free ice creams. Clipping along at 24 knots which is wicked fast in the ocean. And then yesterday, as we got near shore, I, I saw uh, flying fishes skipping along hundreds of feet at a time, whole shoals of them. They're tiny, silver, projectile, bullet-like bodies, and the dual, weird, translucent dragonfly wings as they shot across the surface. And I kept thinking, is it a bird? Is it a bird? And then it would skip off the top of the waves and travel another 50 feet. And I thought, no bird is that heedless and dives directly into a wave and then never appears again. <laughs> Certainly birds want to bob to the surface occasionally to let you know that they have to fucking breathe. <laughs> My wife said, you saw flying fish? Fuck, I could eat one of those right now. Because they're delicious breaded. They really are. If you've ever been to Barbados, holy kittens. Uh, we went to St. Thomas today. That was our port of call. Uh, my wife said to me this morning when we uh, land pitched in, um, be sure to put on lots of sunblock. <laughs> then the skies opened up. It was like the day Christ died. Wasn't it? It was like Golgotha today. The minute we disembarked from this vessel and went through that weird children of men fucking cinder block uh, cyclone fence horrible holding area that we're contained in here. Who, by the way, who's going to rush the boat? Is that to keep us from attacking the mall or to keep the people who live beyond the mall from rushing the freedom of the seas and trying to get up the gangplank? Because if you don't have your sea pass card, that fucking dude's not letting you in. I don't see another line of defense needed. The cyclone friends fucking freaked me out. I really felt like I was in El Paso uh, 
Yeah, and I was at a Rick Perry fundraiser. <laughs> oh! Yeah, I will echo your O. Uh, we, get to, we went to St. Thomas today, and it just poured bloody rain. And as soon as we got off the boat, lightning, and then thunder, and then lightning, and then thunder. It was like fucking revelations out there. So my wife and I are trying to go to this restaurant in Frenchtown. Yes, there's a Frenchtown in, in St. Thomas. And uh, by the way, not noticeably French. No one was playing a little... There was no accordions. No one was singing, you know... Nothing that. No one had baguettes. Uh, no one was wearing a beret. There was no Eiffel Towers. Very little sign of Frenchhood. Uh, no one was surrendering the island to the ship. If that's what it takes to make you guys laugh, this is going to be a long fucking podcast. I threw you five fucking French references that you sat through like a fucking zombies, all right? Seriously, get it up. Let's go. Whatever mood elevators you fuckers are on, take a couple right now. Seriously, we got about half an hour. How long we have, Jeff? How long? Half an hour, see? My, yeah, ow! Yeah, yeah. You thought the first three days of this fucking ride were long. You ain't had long. This is going to seem like it takes forever. Wow. This is like the tundra, and I am a uh, reindeer being chased by a fucking wolf across it. So he goes to St. Thomas, and uh, my wife and I gets in the... Uh, uh, first of all, we were trying to find a taxi. Now, not a taxi like that exists on St. Thomas, but like you are all from the world. In the world, there's a thing called a taxi. It's a car, and it has a light on the top, and you get in, and a man or a woman goes, Where to, bub? And you go, take me to 53rd, Mac, and drive like fury. There's an extra five in it for you if we make it there before post time, my good man. Do you mind if I smoke weed in the back of your cab? They were upset at the library today. By the way, it's called a library. A library is supposed to be full of books. That's what the word is in Latin. Biblioteca, right? Latin, full of books. The library here... Two fucking books. And none about the islands we're going to. There were 17 books about the Dominican Republic. We're not going to the Dominican Republic at any point on this journey. If we were, I would lead a revolution there. And I would use tonight's penny from the buffet to poke people's eyes out with. Two, three, four... Or as we say in Frenchtown, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, seven, nine. Okay. So we get in the taxi, and it's not a taxi. It's a fucking van that holds a million people. And we go, can we go to Frenchtown? And she's like, oh, honey. <laughs> Working that island thing, right? And then we're like, okay. And then she goes, you know, they got to go on the thing and thing. Right, we're going to go to, what is it called? Main town? Swiss village? What the fuck is the main area of this place, Main Street or whatever, which means it's a bunch of shops. And, uh, and so we waited and the taxi filled up finally, the van filled up. And then we, uh, then an unbelievable fucking biblical torrent, insane, uh, 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 two llamas go by, two vicunas, two toucans, just laughing at me, two green monkeys, like, whoa, 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 you know. Thank God I was with my wife, we were paired at least. And... Then we, we got to a port of the road where it was an insane left V turn up a giant hill. At that point, the, uh, the, the van driver lady took out her phone and started texting and not holding the wheel at all. And I saw mountains of water rushing down the hill at us. And then over came another tour bus the other way, went up on the curb. And I thought, it's going to hydroplane into us. The only thing I remember from the Shell Answer Man is that cars hydroplane on a mass amount of water. And that we were going to be slowly struck by another van and pushed off the precipice we were on down to the endless track down and I would land on top of Swiss land where all the watches were. And a shop that said, what is it? Bring me the booty or whatever. What do the pirate shirts say? Spare me the fucking... Anybody? Surrender the booty. Thank you, one person, everyone else. Wake up, you guys. Wake up. Fucking show's going on. Sweet fucking Marie. 
Thank you. Surrender the booty. And I was going to wear a Surrender the Booty t-shirt tonight, but it says it on the back. And I would have had to wear the shirt backwards. And that would have... No, that's unacceptable. I'm not doing a bus and truck company of the, of the play Charlie. Flowers for Algernon tonight. I mean, t-shirt on backwards. So we finally got to the place, and it was called Craig and Sally, was it? Charlie and Sally, what was it? Craig and Sally. Craig and Sally. Someone else went there? No, you didn't go there. I'm the only person with my wife that went there. How many people are on this vessel? 17,000? It's a small obese city is what it is. It's a beehive if bees were like, Jesus Christ. I I gotta cut down on the honey a little bit. I really do. Fuck, all the way to the flower? I don't think so. Oh, look, there goes a bee on a rascal. Really, this is an obese ant colony is what this fucking boat is. We got to Craig and Charlie's and, uh, and had food that was cooked fresh, that was warm and shit. I, I'm, I'm Christopher Walken. All we had food. <laughs> Serving it there. I, I, fried plantain. Kill you. I don't want I don't want any fucking diamonds. Diamonds on an island. My wife said, you know, we live in LA, pretty close to Beverly Hills. There's a fucking Tiffany nearby. I don't want to come no one goes, I'm going to the Caribbean to go to Omni of St. Thomas. There was a Tiffany's too. In fact there was. And a Cartier. And had the pimpinest watch I have ever seen outside the Cartier. Taste knows no fucking boundaries here. This is a place where Lithuanian hookers wearing something from the Puta de Mare collection come. Take some time, you'll figure that out. No, you will, you'll get there. You'll get there. It means whore of the sea. I'll just explain it, I don't have time. What's in your glass? Rum. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest. Drinking the devil would do for the rest. By the way, if you've never read Treasure Island, fucking, this is a great time to start. I don't know where you're going to get a copy. The library certainly fucking doesn't have it. Although, if you want to read about the Dominican Republic... I went to the computer room today and the connection here in the Caribbean, most tenuous, ladies and gentlemen, most tenuous. Here are the instructions in the computer room here on the freedom of the seas. One, pick up the juice can. Two, put up to your ear. Three, make a funny computer noise. Three, answer your emails. You already said three. Three A, answer your emails. I've been to the Caribbean several times before. Oh, really, Greg? We're fascinated. Tell us more. All right, I will. I was in Barbados. Barbados? 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 Uh, several years ago, we stayed at a very shady-ass place uh, where there was a dude who lived at this hotel. It was, it ha- it was Noel Coward's former summer house, I guess. Uh, and uh, Noel Coward, of course, the wittiest man to live in the Caribbean, I presume, um, next to Bunny Whaler of Bob Marley's band, who was known to quit many times. I don't think he's dead yet, man. Thank you, one person in the back. The Whalers were a reggae group. Reggae is a music that people who smoke dope like. Do they have cake at the end of it? I want more cake. This gangplank's too steep. Let's go to the cupcake building seminar. You did so, you did so. Uh, uh. Um, 
we were, I was in Barbados and we stayed at this hotel and uh, there was a guy there living there. I think his name was Pietro or something. He was an Italian. It was shady with a capital D, right? Like super dodgy, way ropey, super shifty. Like, bless you. Like a Graham Greene novel, really. Like there was all these people living at this hotel, one of whom spoke to us and said that he had seen the inside of the Nick in Marbella, right? So you know they were fucking rough customers. They had, they had planes on another island that were available for them at any time. You thought, why are you leaving? Because of the nefariousness of their precarious fucking fucking completely unsupportable illegal situation. So this dude who just wandered around and had a complexion like fucking carbon paper. He really had a kind of a, you know that, you know what pterodactyls look like? Slate gray, you know? Just a really weird color. Uh, we were having Sunday lunch and because it was a British place, Sunday lunch was fucking 125 degrees, 90% humidity, everyone rat-assed on fucking rum. I mean rat-assed. Steamboats. Fucking three sheets of the goddamn, you know, like about, say about like Two in the afternoon on this vessel. <laughs> that fucking drunk, right? You guys are cool. <laughs> I'm going to go to the pool where you stand on the thing and then your spine breaks. <laughs> Sunday lunch and we're having roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, the whole fucking enchilada, right? Right? The full Monty. And uh, uh, um, the guy from To Sir With Love, Christian, from To Sir With Love, who played the punk in the movie To Sir With Love, which you obviously remember because Sidney Poitier, one of the most famous people ever from the Caribbean, uh, next to Harry Balafani, the, 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 one of the most glorious humans that ever came from this neck of the woods. And I, ne saying neck of the woods just proves what a fucking white piece of shit, shit-kicking redneck I am that I would call an emerald isle sprinkled across a fucking turquoise... A pond made of magic and the fucking inference of dreams at your behest as the fucking misty, humid sky lays down upon you and you feel the sweat roll down your neck and your erection rise. <laughs> Only I would call it neck of the fucking woods. <laughs> and of course you can buy loose diamonds. Uh, Sidney Poitier was in the movie To Sir With Love. Christian was at lunch with us that day and was extraordinarily drunk and had a Marlboro in one hand and a giant rum in the other. And out of nowhere, be, apropos of nothing in the conversation, turned to one, behold, I have a weapon. No final weapon did upon a soldier's size sustain and fucking cracked off Othello for like five minutes. <laughs> That's British acting training, that is. No matter how fucking drunk you are, you can remember at least 30 verses in iambic pentameter. <laughs> we all sat there gobsmacked. Then Pietro, who'd been introduced to us, or whatever the cock his name was, um, was an Italian architect <laughs> and had built apparently the two, if you remember the late uh, Saddam Hussein, formerly an ally of the United States, later an enemy, then a dead person. Uh, the two ivory weird things that were in the middle of Baghdad at the beginning of his reign, uh, according to our hosts at the hotel, Pietro had uh, led the uh, con contractor company that had installed those fuckers. So he knew Saddam Hussein personally. Well, I couldn't pass up the opportunity at lunch to inquire, because inquiring minds want to know. Uh, if you're at lunch with the Kardashians, you don't go, hey, did an Armenian hooker vessel run aground? Is that how your family got a show or whatever? You know, you have to ask the pertinent things. So I'm at lunch with a guy who they say had built a, 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 a monument for Saddam Hussein, which he uh, adored. Saddam loved the Tusk Monument. I said, Pietro, uh, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, about the Saddam Hussein, how did you find him? And Pietro fantastically looked up from his Yorkshire pudding and went, Saddam Hussein, <laughs> he's crazy. And I was like, that's a pretty fucking fair assessment, man. Apparently, understatement is the strongest part of your game. <laughs> so the other time we was in the Caribbean, we, uh, we was in a place called Jamaica, which none of you have heard of, apparently, or the music that comes from there. Um, and as I said the other night on this very stage, a medical marijuana dispenser on this boat would not go amiss. <laughs> there is a duty-free booze place that you can buy jugs of vodka at. My understanding is you can buy vodka at any fucking bar here 24 hours a cocking day, yet there's a place you can buy jugs of vodka, you can buy cartons of cigarettes, you can buy uh, uh, giant sweatshirts and whatnot, ice cream, uh, cupcakes, uh, burgers, and whatnot, but no weed is available. I find that strangely provincial for a group of people that would come down to the Caribbean and buy diamonds from third worlders. 
either someone stepped on a weird 50s doll or there's a calico cat in the room or a woman just gave flute to the most constricted reedy laugh that ever came out of a larynx The strangest noise emanated from the left side of the house. Really strange. Awesome laugh, madam. Uh, we were in a place called Jamaica, and the cave, we, we stayed at a place called The Caves, uh, because there's caves there. My wife took me for Christmas. Has someone been to The Caves? Yes, one person can relate to me. Hooray for our crowd tonight. Have you stayed at The Caves, or you just saw it in a brochure or some fucking shit? You stayed? Awesome. Did you, did you enjoy your stay at the caves? Oh, you didn't stay. You went and visited the caves. So let me get this straight. You went to Jamaica and went to a neighboring hotel and visited it. And you don't think that's strange. I think that's awesome. So you were staying at a different hotel, but you fucking went over to the caves. Yeah. Where were you staying? Negril? Yes. Wow. Uh, no, we have not met, nor have we prearranged anything. And yet I've seemed to have guessed everything you've said, like Kreskin. I'm thinking you're a Coke dealer from Ohio. Do you know a... I would have said Missouri, Kathleen, but there are no Coke dealers there. They all deal amphetamine. I worked for a speed dealer. For, uh, that's on another proof cast. So you went to the caves and you visited. Did you jump off the uh, giant 70-foot leap that they have for... What, baby? It doesn't what? It's at Rick's? No, it's at the fucking caves. I stayed at the caves. Are you bullshitting me? We've had this whole conversation and then you... No, well, then maybe there's one at Rick's as well. It's funny about Rick's because when I think of Rick's, one hears a lot about Rick's in Casablanca. One hears a lot about Victor Laszlo everywhere. Will you join us for a drink? Oh, no, Ricky never joins anyone for a drink. Sure. Oh, precedent's being broken. May I introduce you to... Hello, Elsa. Hello, Rick. Oh, you already know each other. Of all the gin joints in all the world. Of all the 70-foot leaps into the turquoise Caribbean. This drunk woman pretends she came into my hotel. <laughs> Let's go, Mr. Rick. Let's get drunk. Let's go fishing. Let's get out of here. I'm waiting for a lady. One who says she stayed at the caves. <laughs> she didn't. She was in the grill. <laughs> we'll always have the grill. If we didn't, we got it back last night. The Jamaicans wore yellow and red and green and orange. You wore blue. So we stayed at the caves, unlike this lady. And I scored weed from the parking lot to our room, which was approximately a... 13 minute millisecond walk we stopped the van we got out of the van I scored weed I came into the room directly behind my wife with a bag of weed and she went where did you get that I'm like I scored it that's how awesome Jamaica is in St. Thomas I almost scored a surrender the booty t-shirt but then I realized the douchebag Olympics aren't for six more months and I've got to train i to wear the cap backwards and put the glasses in front. Well, I've been all over the Caribbean on a bunch of different cruises. Well, the wife's going to wonder where I am. I shouldn't think, yes. Your parole officer's probably wondering as well. As well as the sergeant of your platoon that I assume you assassinated in Afghanistan before you've taken lamb here in the Caribbean. Thank you for joining me at the bar. So we went to the caves, and uh, we, um, 
we went to, they, they offered many things at the caves, like um, sitting around and uh, jumping off the 70-foot thing. I thought that was at Rick's. No, it's at the caves. And you're supposed to jump off a 70-foot leap into the turquoise uh, Caribbean with no assurance, by the way, that you won't fucking die. And then they go, because it's Jamaica, it's good luck, man. You know what's good luck? Laying in my room being real fucking high, listening to the weird fucking uh, dance hall radio station that's insane. Jamaican radio. If they piped Jamaican radio into this ship, we would all be up, like, having an orgy right now. Because dance hall music and then and then the guy comes on to announce and you're like what the fuck is anyone saying it's awesome I'm sexually aroused and I'm confused so uh, there's a cave there underneath and you can have dinner in it it's a romantic dinner at the caves sign up today so I visits the desk and I says, I'll have a romantic dinner with my wife in the caves. So he goes down. We're taken into the caves, right? Walk down this 100 and something steps, right? Down to the water, right? There's been a, a storm in the sea, just like we had a couple days ago, uh, previous, about two, three days previous, right? We goes down into the cave and, and you have to walk across a bridge even. There's two caves. There's water inside the cave and whatnot. And a fantasy of candles and uh, 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 lights everywhere, anemones uh, and fucking... Uh, stuff hung all over the walls. Thousands and thousands of candles lit everywhere. A table that you can barely make out in the, in the gloaming dusk, right? Uh, uh, um, uh, candles all over that and flowers everywhere. We sit down and a bottle of champagne is produced in Jamaica. A half-assed, warm, fucking tepid bottle of champagne is opened with a, the most strange fucking off-brand label I have ever fucking seen in my life. My wife goes, what is this champagne? I went like, it's from Honduras. <laughs> Guatemalan vintage I think you'll enjoy madame et monsieur so we have the champagne and I think ooh the caves dinner is going to be so romantic they're going to bring different food from the food they usually serve here at the resort which is fried mush with plantains no 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 same dinner but in a cave so the dinner comes fine we're in the cave and we're like this is really fun and then all of a sudden the storm waves that have started from three days ago start crashing into the berm that's outside the fucking cave so Darling, I just want to tell you something. And all the time we've been married, I... <laughs> so now we're half in the bag. And by the way, I want you to know what I was wearing on that fucking vacation, just so you don't feel bad, because I know that a lot of people say about my podcast, Greg, you'll shit on something that someone loves before the poopcast is over. And I've called people obese tonight and made fun of their fucking clothes and shit like that. I want you to know that I was wearing crop pants and Aloha shirt and a cowboy hat. <laughs> Drunk on Honduran champagne, stoned on fucking Jamaican weed in a cave. With a thousand candles all around, and I can't see at the best of times. With waves crashing, and I can't hear really at all, I'm pretty fucking deaf. So with waves crashing and candles everywhere, I'm basically a fetus floating in a jar at this point. <laughs> Just a high fetus with champagne on my breath. What's happening? I make a noise like that woman made earlier in the show. <laughs> Shut up and eat your mush. It's jerked mush, man. So we're sitting there, we're gazing into each other's eyes. The waves are getting a little bit too loud. This isn't quite as romantic as I thought it would be. And then all of a sudden, who lives in caves? Who returns to the caves when the sun goes down? <laughs> fucking winged mammals who use radar. Furry fucking bats are filling the fucking cave. And they're not flying in. They've already flown in. I can't see them. They're crawling on the floor. And I don't know if you've ever seen a bat walk. I have to get up to do this. Bats, bats walk horribly on their elbows because that's where their fucking legs are, right? They go like this. They don't actually make that noise, but it's as if they did. It's a hideous, scuttling, sideways, mammalian, fucking crustacean walk. So I leaped from the table. My wife lets go a piercing fucking shriek that's just indescribable. Like a fire alarm went off 
at the top of fucking Stockholm's highest conning tower that Tor used to be the captain of before he came here. Just an insane shriek. My glasses burst. I leap from the table and there's a blonde, a blonde bat. Not a fucking brown bat, a fucking blonde palomino bat. I didn't know bats came in different shades. And I almost stepped on the fucker. And at that point, I'm like literally almost... I'm like, my heart's beating like a trip hammer. It was... Honestly. I was scared shitless. So I grabbed my wife uh, and I pushed her in front of me. Like, We've got to get out of here and you've got to lead the way. I'll perform a rear guard action against the blonde bat that I know has my blood type written in its genetic fucking empty teeth that it uses as a secular tubing device to remove the plasma from fucking fat ass drunk tourists who are wearing cowboy hats <laughs> darling is that 10 Jeff yeah man uh we get questions here on the Smartest Man in the World Proofcast. If you wish to poke or prod me or query me in any way or pose a question to me, I won't be on a boat forever. Uh, it's day f- four today. Thank you. Tomorrow's day five. Day sonk. Uh, we'll be in St. Martin, which is half Dutch, half French. So one half of the island eats Edam cheese and the other half fucks with their face. <laughs> I'm going to the French section and I'm going to try to smuggle food back onto this fucking boat tomorrow. If I could get a tin of pate and a baguette back onto this fucking boat, I'm going to be the happiest girl in the whole USA. As Donna Fargo once said. Uh, We'll be in Los Angeles on the 23rd at the Bar Lubitsch at 7 p.m. Subsequent to that, we shall be in Canada at the Comedy Spot in Toronto on the 26th, I believe it is a Sunday, and then in Atlanta at the Laughing Skull Lounge the first Sunday of December, and then in London, England at the Soho Theater on Wednesday uh, at 10 p.m. on December 7th, if you wish to join us at any of those venues. Oh, yes, this Proopcast goes all over the world. In fact, right now, we're traveling at 24 knots between St. Thomas and St. Martin, uh, where we are going to attack tomorrow morning. Bing bong! I love that he says bing bong more than life itself. Smartest at a special thing dot com is uh, the um, uh, email address. Don't expect me to answer one from this ship because the email here is literally a pteranodon with a, a chisel and a fucking mallet. It's like the Flintstones. Your email's almost done. It's a living. When's that email going to be finished? I don't know. There's too much bandwidth being used. Your smartest at a special thing dot com uh, is the email address. Your pr- Chris asked, Chris with a K. Jingle, jangle, jingle, I'm the king of jingling. Hear my sleigh bells ringle. Chris asks, your proopness. Yes, Chris? If you could exist inside a painting, comma, which one? Wow. Grammatically fucking abrupt. If you could exist inside a painting, comma, which one? Uh, Exist inside a painting. Well, uh, that's a very good uh, question. There's that fabulous nude by Renoir where the, she's being shown her reflection. Is it Renoir? She's being shown her reflection by her maid. She's lying supine, right? You know the one I mean? Giant booty that she will not surrender. <laughs> That's a pretty hot one. I, I don't think I would pick... Uh, 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 who did... Um, uh, you know, the one where the, uh, everyone's being executed during the, by the Napoleonic soldier, Goya. But Goya did the nightmarish one where there's the horse's head and the gremlin standing on the thing. I adore that painting, but I wouldn't be in that one. Um, 
Sunday in the park, the, the, the Surat, the Pointillist one that has the rabbit and the whatever and the dog and the lady standing with the, you know, in the French and it's all La Belle Epoque. That's a fabulous painting to be inside. And if you've ever been to the Art Institute in Chicago, it's the size of a fucking movie screen. I'll tell you a good one. Uh, in Milan, the Last Supper, which has been completely repainted over, and when I was there with my wife years ago, a very sexy uh, uh, art student with long hair and ripped jeans, smoking a cigarette, was fucking working on the painting, which I loved, <laughs> with a fucking camel hanging out of her mouth, fucking doing Judas's head. Um, <laughs> If you've ever seen The Last Supper up close and personal, it's because it's da Vinci, it's geometrically cut right down the middle, right? So the uh, fulcrum of the painting is Jesus, is the absolute physical center of the painting. There's as much below the table as there is above the table. And strangely, if you actually take a look at The Last Supper, they're not sitting in a room in Jerusalem or whatever on the night before he passed. They're sitting in a geometric fucking Renaissance you know, can construct, but their feet and their legs are gigantic and enormous below the table, which I never knew. And also, it's the size of a goddamn movie screen. It is a fucking giant-ass painting. Would you want to be in that one, Greg? Mm, maybe. <laughs> I would be an apostle in that one. I mean, the way da Vinci paints them, it's clear that some of them are women. Let's just be fucking honest. And let's go back and talk about the Bible on another group cast. We have all the time in the world to talk about how many of the apostles were women. Uh, so if, you're gonna, if you could exist inside a painting, which one? Mm. I don't know. We were, at, we were in London a week ago, and we went to the National Portrait Gallery. And is it Van Eyck? And I can't remember the name of the couple. I think they're Italian. It's that famous painting where there's the mirror behind them, and it's a very prosperous couple, and they're standing together holding one another's hand, and they're wearing those completely strange Dutch outfits from the 16th century or 15, uh, 17th century. Where he's got that weird black hat on, and they look like they have pellagra, and their heads are all pulled down and long, and they have elongated eyes, and there's an insane inverted mirror behind them on the thing that shows their reflection in it as well. Um, I wouldn't be in that one. <laughs> I know which one, David, uh, the, the coronation of the Emperor Napoleon, because my wife's always accusing me of being a closet fascist. It's not that closety. <laughs> I really would invade St. Martin tomorrow if I could get a fucking crew together. I really would. Uh, there's a, a, a that painting by David, it's in the Louvre, and if you've ever seen it in a picture, it's so goddamn gigantic, because everything by David is huge. And he's being coronated uh, by the Pope, right? Uh, and it's Napoleon kneeling. It's, uh, you know, it's at the apex of his career. He, when he actually is proclaimed emperor of fucking Europe, and uh, he's wearing an ermine robe, you know, and, and Josephine is there, and there's a zillion people around, and all the marshals are there, Grishane Falk, blah, 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 blah. That's a painting I would want to be in the background in. That one or Surrender at Breda by Velasquez, because I think Velasquez is transcendent. Uh, and that one shows that when, they beat, when the Spanish beat the, uh, the heretics, that would be us, the Protestants, at, um, at Breda in Holland, uh, they, they show them surrendering. And my, one of my favorite novelists, Arturo Perez Reverte, puts his character... Uh, Captain Alatristi, like fifth down the line there. And I thought that was a really cute literary device. So that would be the painting I'd be in. Thank you for that question, Chris. Um, Neil. Arise, Neil. Uh, Neil asks, Bodhisattva, and thank you for calling me Bodhisattva, or won't you take me by the hand? Can you show me the shine of your Japan, the sparkle of your China? Can you show me? Uh, Coltrane or Parker, he asks. Oh. Outstanding question. Uh, Coltrane played for the Mets uh, from, a, what, 58 <laughs> till about 71. Parker played for the Dodgers. Great first baseman. Uh, I go train. Uh, Bird, is, Bird is everything and more. Bird is one of those people... Charlie Parker's one of those people who, you know, when you play 64th note before everyone else played it, when you invent hard bop with like three other guys, when you take a, a musical form like jazz in another direction and make it an intellectual exercise that's uh, absolutely unfathomable and, 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 and is like Rachmaninoff or Bach or someone like that, um, I, I think you deserve all the props in the world. However, I have to say, I listen to Coltrane a lot more, I think, because uh, A Love Supreme is just transcendent and, uh, I mean... If you listen to John Coltrane play, um, my favorite things, right? And, and this Christmas, when Christmas rolls around, um, they always play my favorite things as a Christmas carol. Well, John Coltrane's version, um, 
is a deconstructed jazz version of my favorite things. Check that one out. Uh, Julie Andrews' version is gorgeous. There's no question. But um, when I think of John Coltrane, I think of that one because it, 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 it's taking something that's already beautiful and perfect, a Rodgers and Hammerstein song, and making it um, a trip to Kathmandu. <laughs> uh, so I'll say Coltrane on that one. Although there's no denying Bird in any way. Lance, thank you, Neil, for that question. Lance asks, my dearest proofs, my dearest Lance, thank you for your question. <laughs> Were the Beatles, in fact, bigger than Jesus, quote, end quote? Uh, physically, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think Ringo is shorter than Jesus was. <laughs> I think John was probably bigger than Jesus. Uh, George was as hot as Jesus. I know that. And, uh, and Paul was as lovable as Jesus. So there you are. I think they really, when you put all the Beatles together, they kind of equal Jesus in a way. John was wise and cynical and, you know. Nicholas asks, wow, Nicholas and Chris in one fucking... <laughs> Brown paper packages tied up with strings. <laughs> Nicholas asks, greetings, your highness. Why, thank you. You have our permission to withdraw, Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas asks, he called me your highness, you guys. Uh, there are many authors, artists, musicians, etc., famous for their love of the bottle. Are there, fuck? I'm traveling with eight of them on this voyage. Tim Wilson, Vic Henley, who the fuck's on this? Bowman? Mike Wilmot, Leo Black, Kathleen Madigan. Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting someone. Bowman. Bowman. I had Bowman. Wilson. Wilson. I said Wilson. Wilson. Hey, stop yelling at me, you cocks. Who did I forget? I said Mike Wilmot. Okay, fuck you. I'm never asking you guys another question. Jesus Christ. Milson. Stilson. Oh, Stilson, of course. Jeff Stilson. Sorry, Jeff. How, how could I forget Jeff Stilson? Crazy, but that's how it goes. <laughs> Fucking, you're a genius. Stilson, of course, Stilson. But I wouldn't call Stilson an alcoholic. Wilmot. <laughs> They're going to give Wilmot an Eskimo funeral out here in the Caribbean. <laughs> They're just going to give him a fucking beer, and he's going to stand there with a cigarette. They let you have as many hamburgers as you want. <laughs> What's wrong with this fucking boat? But not many stoners. Who are some of your favorite historical figures that habitually smoked grass? Well, many of my favorite historical figures drank all day. When William Faulkner uh, lived in Mississippi, obviously, he, he was married for a long time. His wife complained incessantly. He would never put air conditioning in the giant house they lived in. But Faulkner got up about, what, four or five in the morning and wrote for like two or three hours furiously and then was rat-assed the fucking rest of the day. And think about it. He wrote, As I Lay Dying. He wrote, The Mosquitoes. He, I mean, what did Faulkner not fucking do uh, for American literature? Uh, and then you think, so if he drank 20 hours a day, I can do it and be creative too, right? Uh, my favorite historical figures that habitually smoke grass. What an what a interesting question you would ask in front of this audience that doesn't think there should be a medical marijuana dispensary and doesn't know where fucking Jamaica is. I just turned into Lou there for a second. <laughs> and they don't know where fucking Jamaica! Uh, Carl Sagan comes to mind. Uh, Carl Sagan smoked a lot of fucking weed. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but he smoked billions and billions of joints. <laughs> and yes, he still understood Euclid and Newton and fucking Kepler and laws of thermodynamics. Uh, see, it's easy. You can do both. You can be smart and you can smoke weed all fucking day long if you live in my stateroom. Uh, Louis Armstrong uh, smoked weed every day of his life. Uh, and one day someone asked him, Louis, why do you smoke so much weed? And he said, it helps with the blues. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. So many, for goodness sakes. Um, Hunter Thompson said, um, weed has always been a great comfort to me, which I thought was a, an interesting thing to say for someone who is that maniac. I think at the end of the night, 
Weed is like your old friend, you come back to it. Uh, as far as authors go, mm, well, you said historical figures. Uh, noted that Queen Victoria, right, for her menstrual cramps, uh, smoked weed. Um, it's almost positive that uh, um, all the, I would, um, I would assume, all the kings and queens of ancient times. How do you know that, Greg? Because weed has been here longer than you. Think about it. But what about when they invented beer and wine? Yeah, they already had weed. That's why they invented beer. Because they're like, I feel all hyped up by this weed. This is real head buzz. I need to take this shit down. And that's how the Irish save civilization. That's been the show. This is the smartest man in the world, Proofcast. I want to thank everyone on the Freedom of the Seas. I want to thank Lewis Black for inviting me on this cruise. And I want to thank all of you for sitting so very patiently and being so lovely. I wish you heaven. And I will see you for the attack on St. Martin tomorrow.